Well, in honor of Eduardo Rodriguez technically being the only player that has to report to camp on Monday, we will be doing his player preview for the 2023 season today, all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. 2023, I said that right. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, You know, it kind of just feels right. I don't know why. I can't explain it, but it feels right to have the first Tuesday show I have in months just be on Valentine's Day. I'm not really sure why, but I'm, I'm feeling that. I'm digging it. So we are back on a Tuesday for the first, what, since November, maybe? Probably early December. And today we are going to be talking about Erod. You know, as I said in the cold open, it's kind of funny. Technically speaking, this is, you know, not the case, but technically speaking, he's the only player that has to report on Monday, the day that I'm recording this, right? He's the only player that is required to show up. Now, he won't be in camp alone, and there's a lot of uh, of guys that show up early. It's there, there's uh, plenty of players that are going to be down there and whatnot, but pitchers that are part of the, the World Baseball Classic, that was Monday's deadline, and, and it's just funny just seeing, yeah, you know, he's really the only person that has to be here. But And again, like I said, obviously that's not the case. So that kind of just uh, inspired me, I guess we'll say, to – do a player preview on Erod and, and, and get him out of the way pretty early on here. You know, I think last season is impossible to ignore. And we already did a last season recap on Erod, and and that's where we talk about a lot of that stuff. But I think it is impossible to just blow past it and just be like, yeah, you know, last year happened and whatever. We're just going to pretend like it didn't and move on. I, I, I'm not really sure – we can be that oblivious to it, but I, I am all for moving on because I'm I'm honestly, I'm so tired of the take of just like, well, who knows if he's going to stay on the field? He might just run away again. Like he's done it every year of the last six years or something like that. I, I'm just, I'm so tired of hearing that. And like injuries are unpredictable. Injuries are, are not the same thing. So if he gets hurt and he goes down, like, I, I don't want to hear it. Like, oh, you said he wasn't going to. Injuries are very, very different, especially on the pitching side of things. Okay. But I am just so tired of, oh, maybe he's just going to disappear again. Who knows? Like, he's not. And, and look, I, I'm the, the one that that has this show. And if he does disappear again, then I'm the one that looks like a clown. Okay. And, and I'm going to be the one that. Like, oh, remember when you said this? And and that's going to be, you know, my face covered in pie. But I, I just, he's done it one time in his six-year career. It was a family matter that he felt the need to do. And and it was a disaster of a season anyway. It wouldn't have changed really anything. So Erod coming back wouldn't have made this offense not the worst that I've ever seen. So I, I'm just ready. I am ready to move on, but I do feel like when doing a player preview of his upcoming season, that it's impossible for me to just not talk about it whatsoever. So there you go. That's probably, hopefully, 
the last time we have to really discuss the the 2022 off the field issues that were involved with Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, it, it's again, it's not like he does this every year, and and injuries are totally different. So. I, I want to get that out of the way at the beginning. I also want to talk about the contract. We will get into the opt-outs and the future of Eduardo Rodriguez at the end of the show. We will do that. But for now, I, I just want to talk about when he was signed. I feel like there was some sort of misconception that this dude was the ace on a championship winning or contending team. And... That's never been the case. And I think that that was kind of pinned against him early on. Like th this was the only dude last year that was really paid legitimate money, right? A lot of dudes under team control or, or just don't have very big contracts period on the team last year and in the rotation last year, he was really the only guy that was, that was given legitimate, you know, mid rotation or front end rotation money. And so I think everyone expected him. And, you know, he was the opening day starter. He, he I, I still think he was the best pitcher on the staff last year. It just, he didn't get, he only threw 91 innings. And, and so I think there was a, just a little bit of a misconception that he was brought in to be an ace on a team. He, he's going to make about 15, 15 and a half AAV this upcoming season, somewhere around there. And that's no, nowhere near the going rate for an ace on an elite team. Just like go look around baseball. Go look at the best teams in the league. None of their aces are making 15, 14 mil as I think is what he was supposed to make last year. And then even to add to that, he didn't make the money that he was supposed to last year because you don't make money when you're on the restrictive list that he was on. So uh, he didn't even really get paid the amount he was going to last year. But we're talking about this year. So I, I think that... If he's a solid two or a three, like comparably, if you look at a championship roster, a really good team, and you go, oh, Erod would probably be a, a, a solid three or a low-end two on this baseball team, I think that that's a success for his value. If you have ever or continue to expect Eduardo Rodriguez to be like a Cy Young candidate ace on a, a team that's going to go deep into the postseason – that's on you at, at this point. Like, that's never what the expectation was for him, and, and it won't be in 2023 either, okay? So I, I just want to clear that up too. That, that's, that's never been the expectation for him, and 2023 is no different. So let's start talking about last season, okay, and, and talk about what he did on the field and what adjustments he needs to make for 2023 and what he did well last year too, and, and that he can kind of hang his hat on and, and we'll, we'll take a look at what we expect him to do this upcoming season. Okay. But first I got to tell y'all about our friends over at built bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat with all, without all of the fat and calories, then you have to try built bar. You know, we're deep into February We're Valentine's day today. You're looking for a tasty treat. We're, uh, I'm still looking at my New Year's resolution at this point. I'm still trying to eat healthier, and Built Bar is helping me do that a ton because I don't have to sacrifice taste for health. This is something that literally tastes like a candy bar and yet is very, very good for you. And you don't see that very often, but you do with Built. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. 
They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, uh, coconut almond. It's one of my buddy's favorites. They are all amazing. They have a ton of unique and fascinating, honestly, flavors. I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar with amazing macros, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't need to wait around to get a box either. For years, I've been on this show telling you to go to Built.com to get your Built Bars, and you still can do that if you'd like. But now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get Built there as well. You can go to Walmart, get a four-bar box with some cookies and creams and double chocolate, some coconut puffs. Or you can go to Sam's Club, get a 13-bar box, hit flavors like brownie batter, churro, You can thank me later. So whether you're going to Sam's Club, whether you're going to Walmart, or whether you're just going to tried and true and going to built.com, check out Built Bar today. You need some built in your life. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Segment two here, Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Also free and available on wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, is the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so talking about Erod on this show, last year on the field, 91 innings pitched, had a career low in strikeout rate uh, comfortably, honestly. If you just take out his rookie season, this year was like by far the lowest K rate of his career. And it was even lower than his rookie year, but uh, those two seem to be the only outliers. And he was also tied for his career high in walks per nine with 3.36. That wasn't astronomically higher than what it usually is, but it was still a career high. 1.33 whip on the season last year as well. Uh, Look, I, I mean, we... We talked about Erod a lot last season, even not while he was gone, but when he was on the field, he was obviously under a lot of criticism for a, a plethora of reasons. Uh, had a 405 ERA is what he ended at last year as well. Um, you know, I, I think that there is a lot of just opinion on him hinging on that thing I talked about in the first segment where. It just seems to be a a much bigger expectation within the fan base of what they expect out of him than what we actually paid him to do. And I'm not saying that I don't think last year was a dumpster fire of a season. And honestly, it wasn't terrible. He wasn't awful. We'll go through some of the numbers here. It's not like he was a liability on the mound. But I, I think people were just expecting like some five or six win pitcher and like the best war of his career is, is 3.9. It's just under four. And so I think if he can go back to around that area, we should all be very, very thrilled. Okay. And obviously he didn't do that last year. I'm not trying to make, give him any excuses or make it sound like last year was some brilliant year when he was on the field. It was still career lows in a lot of areas, but with all everything going on, on and off the field, I, I'm just I'm really, really excited for a full season of Erod this year. I really am. Um, last season, you, you know, let's start with some of the weird numbers, okay? Some of the outliers, some of the adjustments that I think he needs to make. First off, first and second in the batting order last year. This one really jumped out of the page at me. Almost in a thousand OPS against him, with hitters that were first or second in their lineup. And then the rest of the lineup is like a six somewhere in the 600s OPS against. 
So if he can just get through the first two in the lineup and, you know, the way that Ross, not rosters, lineups are constructed these days, most teams are putting their best hitters one, two. So that makes sense. But that big of a difference, like over 300 OPS points of a difference between the top two and the rest of the lineup is really dramatic. So I, I, I need, we need him to make an adjustment in that regard. That can be something to look out for, for sure. Just starting off hot and then carrying that momentum out through the rest of the game. Uh, but there are some things that he did really well still last season that he has done well his entire career and are part of the reasons that we paid him. First off, just against right-handed hitters. He excelled. He was still really good. 673 OPS against righties in 2022 and on the flip side his career OPS against lefties was 908 that is very very bad you're that's like a, a borderline MVP candidate hitter against every single lefty he he faced on average last season now his career OPS against lefties is like 776 so I look for that to kind of regress toward the mean a little bit as well which is a good sign but if he's dominating righties and doing good enough against lefties, that's a massive win. And I think that that's still very much possible. Now, one of the biggest things that you brought in Erod to do was induce weak contact and excel in high leverage. High leverage situations last year, he had a 580 OPS against. That is brilliant, beautiful masterclass. Okay, so still excelled a lot in high leverage situations. Like I just said, at his best, he's an elite barrel misser. He has had seasons where he has put up elite barrel missing numbers and can fill the strike zone. He's had seasons where he's been in the top 10%, even the top 5% in average exit velocity and hard hit rate. He has had, like I said earlier, a four-win season and a also 3-7, I think, uh, the year before that win season. And those were his two years leading up to joining Detroit. So it's not like we brought in someone who was awful. I know a lot of people looked at the high ERA in 2021. He had like a four, eight ERA in, in his contract year with Boston. And then we signed him and people got really upset. And I had to try to plead his case on this show. And if you look at his projective numbers, and I know not a lot of people, some people, I shouldn't say not a lot, but some people don't like those and that's fine. Uh, but like his FIP that year was a three, three, two. It's like what? One and a half. ERA points lower. So there's a lot of signs that point to him just being incredibly unlucky. If you just look at straight up BABIP, just batting average of balls in play in 2021, it was 363, which is insane. That's unbelievable over a full season. And his career mark is a little over 300. And last year, it was actually a really solid 277. Now, again, it was only 90 innings. Uh, we're, we're paying him to pitch, you know, 160 to 200. But uh, still really nice to see that number that low. So uh, I think that played a big factor in the high ERA in 2021. And if you look at his FIP from year to year, it's pretty consistently in, in the mid threes year in and year out. So I, I really do. This is all to say the reason I'm bringing all of this up is because I fully expect him to just bounce back into what he was the two years leading up to being a tiger. And that's again, that's not the ace of a, a really good team, but it is still a so, very, very solid middle of the rotation arm on a good team and is probably going to be the ace on this team for at least the first half of the season. We'll talk about that a little bit later. 
If you look at the type of pitcher that he is, again, a lot of weak contact, average ground ball rate pretty much every year his entire career. But uh, last season, it was kind of fascinating. He had a very high fly ball rate, but also a very low line drive rate. You want that line drive rate to be as low as possible. And the fly ball rate you can live with if you play in Comerica Park. So even with the change in dimensions, I don't really care. It's not that dramatic. We talked about that with Tyler Alexander yesterday. Um, I, I I really like that style. Like, try to get weak contact. Try to get people under the baseball. If they're hitting fly balls to center field, that's great. If they're hitting ground balls to the corner, that's great, right? His ground ball percentage is in the mid. It's like 44 45%. So, that's obviously a, a really solid number as well. I'm, I, I continue to like his profile. I never stopped liking Eduardo Rodriguez's profile. It's just I, I didn't want to talk about the drama surrounding him every single day last year, so I didn't. And I, I think that that kind of took the wind out of the sails of a lot of people, including myself. But I, I am still a huge fan of this signing. Uh, just as excited as I was when it happened, you know, two winters ago, last winter. Yeah, last winter. And I, I, I'm excited for this year because I'm hoping that we get a full season out of him. If we are looking at what it's going to take for him to revert back to that, now we're going to play the if game a lot this season. Well, this series, I guess, this player preview series. We're going to play the if game a lot. And I know some people don't really like that, and that's fine. But if he can go back to just his K rate that he's been putting up every year of his career before this past season. Like this is the outlier. I guess that's the biggest point I'm trying to drive home really across the board, not even just with the strikeouts, just everything. This season is the outlier. His last two, three, four years leading up to this all looked pretty similar. So uh, if he can go back to a K rate, that's a, around what we expect it to be and around league, not league average, around his career average, and his walk rate cannot be the highest of his career, which again is the outlier. I think we can finally see the Erod that we were all really excited to see when he put pen to paper last winter. His pitch mix, we will get into right after I tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. Look, the Super Bowl just ended. Very fun with uh, with FanDuel and all of the, the advertising that they did for it. Uh, we are now into basketball season and then eventually into baseball season baby really after the super bowl to me it's baseball season but for now we have basketball and we are really excited about finally being partnered with FanDuel. it's the midway point of the nba season you can get a no sweat first bet with FanDuel up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets back if your first bet does not win just download the FanDuel sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, threes drained, etc. We have All-Star Weekend for the NBA coming up. It's going to be a great time. I'm sure FanDuel is going to have a lot of fun odds and stuff to bet on with that as well. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, everybody. Welcome back. 
Third and final segment here, Locked on Tigers, talking about Eduardo Rodriguez, Erod. Uh, so if we look at his pitch mix, I'm going to just re-talk about it briefly just because, again, maybe in, he only pitched 91 innings last year, and I think it's important to reiterate the type of pitcher that he is as we've been doing throughout this whole episode. Uh, they're all barrel-missing pitches. That's the intention of all of them. He throws a four-seam, a cutter, a sinker, and a change-up. He's got a slider that he kind of keeps people honest with. He throws like 3 or 4% of the time every year, doesn't really use it that much, but consistently uses the four-seam, the cutter, the sinker, and the change-up. All barrel-missing pitches. Now, the change-up has pretty decent whiff rates throughout his career. That's something that he can definitely use to uh, to try and get some strikeouts or, or some swings and misses. But for the most part, his goal is to induce weak contact and fill the strike zone as best he can. Again, at his best, that's what he is best at. That wasn't really what I intended the sentence to sound like. But um, if you're looking at his swing chart, we talk about this a lot. We've talked about this with hitters a lot, Jonathan Scope, etc. cetera. Uh, the run value of based on where the pitch is, okay? Part of the plate. This past season, a negative 12 run value. That's good for a pitcher, right? You want it to be negative. You want as few runs as possible. So that, again, implies that he is really good at not letting people barrel up pitches that are in the heart of the plate, that are over the heart of the plate. That's a really, really good number. One of the best numbers of his entire career, honestly, 2022 heart of the plate. Negative 12. The rest of it is where he took a big step back last season and what we're trying to see him take that step forward for this is probably if you're going to point to any number you want to see improve this next one is probably going to be the one that that I would want you to remember okay run value on shadow pitches right the fringe balls and strikes the the pitches that could go either way they're right on the black plus two run value on shadow pitches this past season that's not great it's not some awful number None of these numbers that we've talked about for Erod are terrible. Like, again, I'm trying to, to prove to people that he's not some like garbage can out there. But if you look at the rest of his career, shadow pitches by season, okay? Some of these are remarkable. Shadow pitches by season, the run value. Rookie year, negative 13. Next year, negative 21. Negative 26. Negative 30. Negative 39. Negative 12. And then this year was a plus two. If we can get, I'm not even asking for the, you know, borderline negative 40 season that we got in 2019 when he was, I think, sixth for Cy Young in American League. I'm not even asking for that. I'm just asking for like the, the negative 21 to negative 30 range. And I would be a very happy camper. That would be inducing a lot of weak contact again. Really just the, the tail of the tape with him. That's the biggest story. You want him to induce as much weak contact as possible. Uh, the chase pitches, he has always been his worst attribute because he doesn't have chase stuff. He has weak contact stuff. So very high plus number, even uncharacteristically high this past season, which again just plays into uh, how much he struggled. And then the waste pitches, it was pretty low, but those are waste pitches. Those are already always going to be relatively low. So uh, if we can get back, the shadow pitches are really what I'm looking at. If we can get back to this mid-20s, even high-20s, low-30s run value on, on the borderline pitches, I think that that is the sign that Erod is really back and he, he's becoming the pitcher that we 
signed up for because we haven't seen that yet. Very, which is very true. If that's your opinion, we we have not seen the Erod that that we thought we were going to get. Uh, the sinker is obviously one of his best pitches. He uses the cutter a lot as well, but. I really like his sinker just because people can't square it up. The expected slug against, the real slug against, the sinker consistently very, very low this past season was no different. That's, again, what you signed up to get. I'm glad that we at least saw that. This upcoming season, most projection models have him between a two and a three win player. Like I said yesterday on the Tyler Alexander one, there's a million different projection models, so I'm not going to You only use a specific one. Uh, but if you look at all of them, all 93 of them, uh, they, they most of them have him between a two and a three war, and which makes sense to me. Really, my biggest thing is I just want him to stay on the field. I don't think last season was a, was a catastrophic failure for him when he was on the field, uh, and I don't think he's really considerably worse than what we signed up for. Was last year what we signed up for? Definitely not. I'm not trying to argue that, uh, but I really do expect a nice, solid bounce back here if he can stay on the field and stay healthy, okay? That all being said, my expectation for this season is also, I, I'm weirdly confident that Eduardo Rodriguez is getting traded before August 1st. Um, I think that it makes too much sense. I don't expect him to finish the season on the team if he stays healthy and puts up decent numbers in the first half. This is more or less the contract year for him. We've talked about the opt-out a million times. We've talked about it at length this offseason. And we've also talked about the market. And that's why we expect him to opt out. If you look at what pitchers that are near his caliber are getting since the lockout ended, starting pitching market is bumping. So I expect him to opt out, which makes this a rental year, which makes this a trade candidate year. Boom, 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 down the line. If he misses time again or if he really struggles, which is out of character, he hasn't had a terrible, terrible blow-up season really yet, uh, then he'll be here for the foreseeable future. He, he won't get traded because he won't have very much value, and he won't opt out if he isn't on the field or if he sucks. So then, then we're going to have be having a much different conversation, and I'm going to have to eat crow on a lot of this, right? Which I'm I'm totally fine with doing. I, that that I don't fear that, but I I am oddly confident that if he just stays on the field and puts up a remotely good season, not even career best numbers, just like a solid, normal Erod season. If you look at the last three years before he was a Tiger, then I, I think he's going to get dished. Make sense? Cool. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And to make your next listen, the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Okay. I think I got my point across pretty well on this one. I, I am not making any excuses for last year because it wasn't great when he was on the field and he wasn't on the field very often. And that's all totally fine for you to, to be upset about or complain about. I totally understand. I'm in the same boat, but we're putting it behind us. And when we're looking at 2023, I don't think anything last year. I, I just, I don't fear it. I, I don't fear 
anything that happened last year really happening again or, or last year, even what the stuff on the field that we talked about, how it was a lot of career lows. I think last year was just such a weird season for him that, that it was just kind of a let's get through it type of thing. And, and I don't feel like that's going to be the case this year. So I really do expect kind of a, a nice little rebounding of a season, not necessarily career bests because we, you know, that would be a heck of a turnaround, but I, I do expect him to kind of put up a lot closer to what he has his entire career, which is what we're paying for. So cool. Appreciate y'all for tuning in tomorrow. I have no idea who the player is tomorrow yet. I kind of just decide based on vibes that day. You know, who do I want to talk about today? We'll be back tomorrow, though, with another player preview, assuming no news happens. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And, oh, we're going to talk about the signing tomorrow, too. We did sign uh, a reliever on a minor league deal. We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. Okay? Cool. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.